I like big kits and I cannot lie. You other players can't deny. When I spree walks in with that itty bitty gate and that round thing in your face, you get trapped under plastic. The podcast. Period. Hey, that's what it is. That's probably the most accurate description. <laughs> that is brought to us by Coimetrion89 via the comments section of the latest episode of Trapped Under Plastic. Not this one, the one before it. So if you got Trapped Under Plastic, t- the tagline you want us to read live in an episode, we'll, we'll read it live, but you won't hear it live. That's how you do so. Put it down in the comments section. Look at you. Look at me. Fucking I fucked s- it up, though. Fucking Sir, S- Sir Scoots a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I messed it up, though. I said that round thing in your face. I, I had written that gray thing in your face. Okay. Obviously, sprues aren't round. Oh, well. I mean, there are some parts of sprues that are round. That's true. Like, if you're doing, like, Nurgle demons, there's a lot of round There's a lot of <laughs> A lot of pustules and butt cheeks. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, like, that's the second verse. <laughs> The Nurgle for focus it's about pustules and butt cheeks. Oh man, <laughs> if that doesn't get Sir Mix a lot horny, I don't know what does. <laughs> All right, we got some preamble ramble, but We're before st- that, I want to give you a sound. Ooh, this, I mean, yeah, that okay. All right, now I want you know, <laughs> what did you just sniff? Okay, I want so this is uh, for the audio listeners. I just cracked a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Limited Edition 2022 Mystery Flavor Voodoo. Now, I want you to give a little sniffy sniff, Scott. What does it smell like? What smell like? First of all, the Dew and Voodoo is spelled like Mountain Dew. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can't not hit that play on words. Okay. Right, you take that. You don't got the herbs, do you? Oh, no. Okay, then not you, yet, at least. Then you. Then you <laughs> I caught it from a toilet seat. What you? What is a? Give me your. Give me your out of ten. Out of ten. How many? Out of ten. Okay, so is Mountain Dew regular? Like no, nah, I mean like it's, it's like generic. So- okay, okay. Soft drinks. Like soft drinks. Out of ten. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Five zero out. sugar though. Seven out of ten. For okay. Zero, for zero okay. sugar. Yeah. That, okay. You know Mountain Dew kind of kills it in the zero sugar department. Yeah, dude. They're fucking going hard now. Yeah. Like they're bringing the fat. This is the very first year they've had the mystery flavor in zero <laughs> sugar. So I, I need to give them my money. Out of all the soda brands to go to have the best zero sugar option, like I would never in a million years assume that Mountain Dew yeah. would be the one, right? The, like I think it's kind of the sweetest tasting one. Mm. It kind of tastes like uh, a little bit like Skittles. Skittles. Doesn't it taste like Skittles? You know, it had a smell that reminded me of something that I can't think of, but the taste didn't necessarily line up with the smell. I mean, it's it's fruity. It's a little bit it's a little bit sour, tart. So definitely Skittles. Yeah, like if you take a handful of Skittles, you get an even ratio of all colors. Oh, you yeah. pop them in your mouth. Yeah, chew them up. That's what it tastes like. I give this a seven point six. Okay. Seven point six, wow. solid. Would solid. buy. Would recommend a try. Seventy six out of a hundred. Yeah, that's what I give. Uh, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Mystery Flavor Limited Edition 2022 Voodoo. God damn it. That's a whole lot of <laughs> You words. nailed that. Though. We got it, baby. Okay. That's why you're here. That's why you listen to Trapped Under Plastic. It is our <laughs> soft drink review segment. <laughs> I would love I would love that to be a thing. Soft drink remo- review. So I got all sorts of ideas for different segments of this podcast. That- Me too. I had a new one. Yeah? If we like, people were discussing like doing this weekly, on the like off week, we could like do the off week live. And do like a like a viewer question segment like what we yeah. did in the live podcast. That'd be fun. Live Q and A. Yeah, not. I, I mean, that. that might not happen, but that's just a fun idea. I mean, that is. Yeah, that's the problem of us discussing this right now. Is then everyone's like, yeah, I can do that. Do it. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, we want yeah. that. I mean, I I think in the future, uh, it's probably safe to say that it, it 
we're going to continue the top live at uh, conventions. Um, oh yeah, whether it's, if for sure, Adopticon. Knock on wood. Do we ever hear back from that guy about the room? Oh, um, I think so. Okay, I think so, and I think I dropped the ball. Okay, well, we're we're trying to get a big room so we can put it out in the universe now, and so that way we can hold ourselves to it. For Adapticon twenty twenty three, we're we're going into the fucking big rooms, baby. We're gonna be. In the auditorium, I don't know. We're gonna go into a bigger room because we got in trouble for being packing into a small room like sardines. Now we're gonna get to the big rooms and we're gonna have a wild, crazy, uh, orgy filled trapped under plastic live. Okay, I didn't drop the ball too hard. Okay, just a little bit. He, he uh, uh, the contact gave me the email uh, on August 29th, which I think at this point was a little under a month ago. So I need to. I need to get on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just do it right now while I'm talking. Okay, cool. <laughs> we just do a little business. This is a little, uh, this is what we call multitasking in the biz. <laughs> um, so my other idea was um, the uh, top, top memes. So we, f- we find a <laughs> hobby related meme and we, uh, we show it on screen and we, uh, and we say, you know, why we like it. This yeah. episode's meme. Cause there's a lot of good ones out there. There are. For the hobby. Um, have you seen the one that breaks down mini painting content creators into the um, the matrix of D and D alignment? Oh, I've seen I've seen at least two of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in that, so there's everything from lawful good, tick tick tick, all the way down to like chaotic evil. Dude, do you know who's on that chart? Dude, that that's a whole podcast episode. If I you know, like just I know. figure that I, chart I, out. I uh I, I looked at who they had and I had some tweaks that I didn't I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with. Um but they had you as chaotic evil. What? Which is what? I think it's probably pretty do it pretty close. <laughs> and I'm lawful evil. So we're like the we're like high fives, dude. Yeah, dude. We're, th- those are the two scariest motherfuckers are the chaotic evil dude and the lawful evil dude. Gang. The chaotic evil dude is like Orcus the god of destruction and death. Okay. So he doesn't give a shit like how it happens or who it affects. All will rain in blood. Is is the Joker chaotic evil? Um yes. Okay. Okay. And I, lawful evil is a vampire. Is yeah. The lawful evil is they have their own core um beliefs and a system of of why they do things there is is nothing is done at a whim it all follows the grand plan so typically the big bad evil boss you know dracula is lawful evil dunes uh yes that was got that big fat guy he's yes. lawful evil absolutely 100 yeah. percent. so i don't i don't know why i give that vibe but i'm I'm cool with it, dude. I mean that. I mean, if you're the same thing that a vampire would be, I, I think you're winning right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty cool with that. <laughs> so, needless to say, we get James Ryder Goblin on there. That could be easy, like bam. Yeah, I feel like uh, we're not going to commit to that. Why not? Though? That'd be great. I mean, it's it's simple. It's a quick thing. It's you know, people can. Uh, the only downside is if you're an audio listener. I think we can we can paint a, a description and then throw in the text. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, know. everyone knows what fucking Goobs looks like. Right? You're not gonna be like Goobs. He's got red long hair. He's got big biceps. He, you know, he usually looks like if you're ever driving down the road at night and there's a, oh, a deer standing in the middle of the road. That deer's blank expression. 
That's Goobs on the con floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this wasn't even the preamble ramble. No. This we haven't is, even gotten there yet. Let me, let me go first. Uh, my love for the hobby is exploding right now. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's hear about it. And so I got a little side project that uh, I've been working on in my evenings. Um, there is a pretty exhaustive list of miniature manufacturers on the mini painting subreddit. Um, and I have been going through each one one by one. And finding which ones that I give a shit about and think make good models and then making lots of notes about them. Is there a game included? If so, what is it? What is the genre of models? What is the scale of models? Um, And I've been putting it in a Google Drive doc, but I think I should change it to a spreadsheet. And I think now that I'm thinking about it, I want to make it a list of all manufacturers, just ones that have, and I'm going to notate the ones that I like especially Mm. and make like a resource for everyone to use in case they ever want to find a model of a certain kind of type or something like that. So I want to work on that document slowly and then uh, release it in a video or whatever. That's cool. Um, I get that question a lot of like, where should I go to find this thing? Yeah. And I'm just like, Mr. Lee's is a place to find a little bit more yeah. things. And I don't even know how accurate that is anymore. Like when I first started, that was what I did. Right. Yeah. But it feels like this should be instead of like trying to scrub through subreddits and that kind of stuff. Although the mini painting pin subreddit uh, is that a pinned. They do have a pin, um, but they just don't, they just don't describe anything. The only thing they right. say about the, the various websites is what country they're located in, which is helpful. Right. Cause then, you yeah. know, for shipping costs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I wanted something a little bit more comprehensive. Um, and man, dude, there are some models out there made by tiny companies that are just so fucking awesome That's that I would have awesome. never found. Um, so I'm like, I think this is like, this is like a really re- rewarding process. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it, you don't need to be a big company with a lot of money to design a, a beautiful model of a, a great concept art and well sculpted like yep. it's it's one person as few as one person can make that a reality yeah and i love that low barrier of entry for a hobby yeah you, yeah you can absolutely make beautiful models you do not need the money for it you just need to have you just need to have like a good idea a good design like you just need to be good at that process mm-hmm. which and is kind of hard to teach and find a skilled person to yeah make it a physical thing yeah you can't do it yourself yeah, absolutely. i can make i can make fucking play-doh snakes bro yeah i did do you want me to design you a model yes Made out of Play-Doh snakes, please. I can, I can do that. <laughs> One's got two. <laughs> yeah, another has three. <laughs> One of them is a, a. I call it the snake ball. <laughs> it's the ball with the snakes around it, or the ball is made of snakes. <laughs> you got Bro. a snake hot dog, dude? Yeah, dude. Yeah, snake. Dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we got squiggle snake. Yeah, hey, this is all Kickstarter. This whole life. <laughs> Two-headed snake? Two, that one if, was hard to pull off. What if on April 1st you release like a legit <laughs> Kickstarter campaign, but it's just a fucking troll and it's just, just snakes. It's just, Wait, it's snakes. just fucking snakes. I, there's like an in-depth video showing the casting process of how I made the massive mold. <laughs> and then I just slowly open it. It's just a fucking Play-Doh snake inside. And like you cut to like the fucking like casters, it's like they're like, oh, that's so awesome, <laughs> and like everyone's taking it super seriously. There isn't any mention of a joke anywhere. That'd be so funny, dude. I think I feel like sadly campaigns have to go through like an approval process, <laughs> and I feel like that would just get shut down. I don't know. I think maybe <laughs> they'd be like, this sucks. And you'd be like, are you insulting my art? It's like yeah. you know, I've seen worse miniatures on kickstarter we'll talk about that later today in the news segment than play-doh snakes but i can't wait to hear you rage about this oh man 
I, I can't. I, I've been holding it in. <laughs> okay, your preamble ramble is what? Uh, what? Okay, one thing. Okay. My phone, it's no. Down. It's down. You had a different thing about your preamble ramble. Maybe you're going to get I back did. To that. I did. I don't want you to click on that link if you already haven't. I, well, I did last night, but I didn't. Okay, so you saw I the saw model? saw the pictures. But you didn't go down to the comment section? No. Okay, great. Okay, I, I wanted a, a, okay, so a, a live raw reaction to whatever you're going to just Get, get okay well okay i didn't want you to see the model but like it didn't matter uh yeah we'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a okay. second okay so you know you ever have this um like uh, a thing where like a smell or uh like a sound or, or something <laughs> like brings like it brings like like a mental connection yes. to to time or a place or yes. whatever it's like if your grandma's house smelled a certain way or like your high school girlfriend always wore this certain kind of perfume and you're like randomly like walking through JC Penney's one day and you smell that perfume and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, <"Ugh." laughs> no matter whatever, the, the emotion that it triggers. So the other night, I am, Wednesday night we watched TV shows and we were finishing up the last episode of Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building. Yes, that's the name of the TV show, which is a great show. <laughs> um, and uh, my dog is sleeping next to me, and he lets one rip. And the smelling my dog's fart made me think about immediately. Not, I didn't even consciously make this decision. My brain just immediately switched over to painting leagues of Votan <laughs> because my dog basically sleeps all day right next to me in the painting desk. And I, I never realize this. My, I think my basement smells entirely of dog farts now because he sits in there and he farts all day long. <laughs> and so because I'm sitting there and as I've been painting leagues of Votan lately, smelling the dog farts, my brain associates dog farts with painting space dwarfs. <laughs> and it freaked me out. Is, I, it, is this a positive thing? I don't know. I don't know what it means, but I was scared and I needed to tell somebody <laughs> to tell you all about dog farts make me think of painting space doors. Okay. Um, and the other one I had on the uh, preamble ramble is uh, we're going to cue the Rocky montage. Sure. Okay. We don't have Rocky montage. <laughs> uh, you just pressed the random ass fucking button. <laughs> cue the Rocky montage. <laughs> um. We have officially scheduled Golden Demon 2023 Paint Weekend Palooza, a.k.a. Vinicon 2023, a.k.a. Team America Brings Home the Gold. We've got this on the books now. We're going to buckle down. I might actually get some work in on Golden Demon piece. We, we can join all the forces just like any of the random Japanese-based cartoon systems where it's individual things and they form together to be a bigger thing. That is what's happening. Ah! And we are ready. And it's got me thinking about Golden Demon, and I feel like uh, typically with Crystal Brush in years past, September <clears throat> hits, and I was like, I should be working on my shit. And I have not really started. So we need to consider this. Because mm. I was talking in my, uh, on my Discord channel last night, and one of my patrons asked me, he's like, do you feel pressure to win a Golden Demon to like justify yourself 
to like your fans or like your viewers or whatever that you're a legitimate painter? And I was like, well, I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> I've always felt that way. Uh, I, I don't. I don't feel that way, but I'm like, gosh, now maybe I kind of feel like I should feel that way. I think you don't feel that way because you have already like won something tangible. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I also don't think like being a good YouTuber and being a, a person that's spreading the, the joy of the hobby and that's helping teach people and bringing them along for the journey or, or helping them in their journey has anything to do with being a high-level manager. 100%, yeah. So if that's my goal then I I don't that's maybe why I don't feel that pressure but and I was like now I kind of feel it and then I went my brain went from that and talking with him about this to like now I feel like I should have been working on my piece for a while I feel the pressure because I start like you my brain starts going to this point of like we're at Adepticon we're around the golden demon cases and you feel this pit in your stomach of like do I have something in the case is it something I'm proud of? Did I put the hours in? I'm going to want to feel that then. So I need to start backing it up and start working now. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, that's that's my uh, preamble rambles. Okay. I got one more. So I'm excited about my Escalation League for Age of Sigmar. So I've been looking at a bunch of like vampire models from like other um, like manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got like my name picked out. I'm like... Uh, my 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 lady. I don't have a lord. I, my main general is a female. Her name is Otilia Dragos, and I'm trying to find the perfect model for this bay. And so, and she related to the 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 dude in the planes from uh, Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Okay. He, absolutely. Yes. Okay. I don't know who the you fuck that I'm is. Talking about? Call, <laughs> call Drago? Oh, call, uh, yeah. Drogo, yeah. Drogo, Drago. I don't know. It's pretty fucking close, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're related. Yeah. Like his stepsister? 100%. <laughs> yeah. She's pale. <laughs> yeah, she can't. She's got to like stay in the, their little huts all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I like this lore. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a fucking name. That is not lore. All right. Uh, and uh, in doing so, I found this really cool model from a, a small company called Avatars of War that actually Jen Haley painted the box art for. Coincidentally, I found her picture on Cool Mini or Not. And uh, I found a little comment from someone that I recognized their name. Uh, we went to the UK. We met a bunch of the artists there who do the sculpting and painting for all of GW's products. And there was a character that was unforgettable. And he was a Frenchman by the name of David. And so in this, in this post on Simon nine years ago, David was crapping on Jen Haley's like, either lack or use of black lining. And it was just like so funny to see that name in there so long ago. Says, but please stop black lining. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's so savage. Um, I don't know if there's an inside joke there or not. Knowing David, like he's, nothing is done with seriousness. Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I'm not, I don't think he's like legitimately criticizing. I think he's just being a troll. Um, this was 2011, so oh, I said nine years ago. No, you sneaky snook. This was 11 years ago. Shout out to Simon 11 years ago. Right. The uh, de facto were... thing for if your model is well-painted or not. Remember when Instagram wasn't yet born? Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, by the way, this fucking paint job is ridiculous, dude. Why is it ridiculous? I can't. It's just so I fucking loaded. good. I don't understand. It says you're not a human. You had to click through the I'm not a human. I, I didn't even get that option. It's, I don't even know why it's so good. 
It's just super, super clean. You know why it's super, super clean? Beautiful black lining. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, lo lots of good Every, uh, there's separation. Because I can tell you the sculpt of this model in the final casting is not doing Jen any favors, the painter any favors on this. Um, but like she makes it look like the sculpt is like amazingly crisp and clean. I know. Which is like something that is is so hard to to necessarily realize until like you were to hold this thing in your hand. It's a skill that I love and it's a skill that I am chasing. I I love that idea where cuz like if you can unlock the ability to make virtually any model look good with your paint, then casting quality do almost doesn't matter. A sculpting quality like reduces in importance and if you find a me that's just a subject matter that you like mm. and you're like confident in your ability to do that you can just buy it and make it look good yeah so oh. i bought this model 100 percent. okay so look at her red uh waist cloth thing i can't fucking open that on, on the on the right side <sighs> notice that line of highlight that's running there that's not sculpted in she knows where it should be and she's choosing to highlight it with those lines in a way that's devoid in the sculpt. And she's yeah. doing that in a lot of different places around there. And I think there's actually quite a bit of like really crisp freehand on stuff that does not have crisp edges. And that's the kind of thing. It's like taking an artistry of like painting on a canvas almost, right? Because the sculpt is not helping you. You have to like, I was going to say ejaculate, but I meant elevate. What the fuck? <laughs> You've got to elevate the, the sculpt to be what a better version of that sculpt would be with only your painting. Oh, and she is 100% doing that with this model. I mean, Jen is, she's a amazing painter. I, I, I wish she painted more stuff. 11 every, years ago. Every time I see her stuff, I'm always like, God damn it. It's I think so Jen hates beautiful. Me. I think Jen hates me because I, I had her as a friend on Facebook and now I'm no longer a friend on Facebook. Oh, shnikes. And I didn't make that choice. It's drama up in here. Know, dude, she doesn't like me, dude. Oh, no. I don't think I, I don't. I don't think she knows who I am, so I couldn't. I couldn't like be an intermediary here. So, <laughs> um, shout out Jen Haley, awesome mini painter. Yeah, I'm sorry for whatever's got to. Jen. Yeah, I'm sorry. Take I mean, him back. I, yeah, I'm an asshole in he, many ways. He, he regrets everything. I do. Um, good story. Way to bring in David. David. I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the podcast, but maybe Darren will tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, over a pint sometime, and be like, "Hey, David, let's." Well, First of all, button up a couple more of those buttons on your shirt, buddy. <laughs> Second, <laughs> oh my Second God. of all, uh, God, he's, he's might be my favorite Frenchman. What have we painted? What have we painted? Let's bop back and forth here. We each have two models. One, two models for us. Two, two models for us. You got a space moon, and you got some Votan. Some Votan. Okay, so these are two models I painted for my latest video. Where are we starting? Which one? Uh, we'll start with the uh, Heresy Marine. And so that was a, an experiment Fuck. in Slap Chop. Yeah, oh. Bro. oh, it's stuck down. Okay. It's, yeah, it's down with uh, the poster putty. Um, so it is, it is not trying to do anything fancy. It's not trying to make it look amazing. It was simply a... I followed Rob the Honest War Gamer's um, steps in how to do Slap Chop, and I did it. Can and, you explain to me what the fuck Slap Chop is, please? Uh, it's a series of it's four steps in in speed painting. Can, you want me to tell you the four steps real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, Zenithal or uh, 
Primate in black. Xenotho with a mid to light tone gray, obviously from above. Step three, bust out dry brush using pure white and heavy dry brush over all the details, all the crisp edges, and then focus on the head and shoulders. Step four, paint everything in contrast. <laughs> so that was it. And he's got a very, very popular viral video on Slap Chop. I think a part of it has to do with great marketing in the name, right? Great. And Rob is a charismatic, funny guy. So I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to emulate his four steps. I'm going to see what I think of the process. And then I'm going to try to improve on Slap Chop in adding very, the most minimal amount of time and the most minimal amount of extra steps and just tweaking the existing steps. And that's the two models. So the first one is Slap Chop 1.0. The League of Voltron is Slap Chop 2.0. So the, the guy on the left, the green dude took me. So we're just going to do both my models now, whatever. The guy on the left took me 15 minutes. I gave myself 15 minutes. I finished in like 14, 37. And the guy on the right uh, took me 25 minutes. So it's 10 more minutes. Do you think if you painted the same dude... Yeah, that probably wouldn't help. No, would it would it have taken longer? Um, yes, this because the Voltron marine. dude took me the just yes, absolutely. Because there's a way more stuff exactly, and more colors and more whatever. I think what people sometimes forget is that speed painting a space marine is way different than speed painting like any other model because yeah. they're like fucking eighty five percent one color. I know. Same for Necron. Same for whatever. All those kinds of dudes in armor. Yeah. Um. But like, so commenting on the the method, obviously the model looks great, and like this would be wonderful for like a space marine army, hundred percent. Yeah, I think what it does really well at its core, um, obviously, the whole first three steps about are about more elevating the midtone shadow and the highlights of what contrast already does. So you're like, here's what contrast is good for. Here's what it does well. In the steps prior to it, let's boost that. Let's punch it a little bit more so it simply does what it already wants to do a little bit better. And I think if if you like a quickly painted army that's in a games workshop, clean, vibrant color style, it does it well. I, I also it's clean. What? I don't know if I call it clean like GW calls their stuff clean. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't obviously have the edge highlighting and the crispness, but in terms of there's not a bunch of depth of color, there's not a there's not a to me the biggest thing, there is no muddy muddiness from using washes. Yeah. Like if you were typically going to paint that dude green and then do a null oil wash and then re-highlight, that green is not going to look nearly as vibrant as it does now. Yeah, and that process is just so unnecessarily laborious. Yeah. So I think it, it keeps the truer tone of whatever color of contrast you're using on the model. So it's like, if I want these to really be this bright turquoise green, I think the slap chop is a pretty stand-up way to do that. So Yeah. Definitely, and that's, that's your, my models. Your leagues of Votan guy is is they're they're both they're both great. They're both great models to put on the table. Uh, I purposely in the video I called them leagues of Voltron the entire video. Yeah, in straight face and never made any mention that I was saying it wrong. Dude, you're gonna get so much hate. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right. I I have this 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 goal in life is that um, in my videos the people that like watch my stuff they'll know when I'm I'm fucking with it and so they feel like they're part of the inside joke and then the people that are in the comments they get pissed about it and they're like hey you're new here aren't you <laughs> but that's fine dude that's funny and if you get upset about it or whatever that's funny I don't I don't 
Right, yeah. He's just messing with you. It's Leagues of Voltron. Come on. It's basically the same word, and you're like, hey, what word like sounds cool and has like, been around for the last 35 years? <laughs> Let's switch two letters. Starts with V-O. In the middle, there's a T, and at the end, there's an N. It's Voltron, buddy. Like, come on. There you go. There's the joke. All right, what did you paint, Scooty? Uh, I painted, so I painted this, I painted Halgrim from uh, Cursed City. I started with the axe head for a video that I uh, am about to release. It's a video that I've made a, in a format similar in the past where I paint one part of a model from start to finish and like narrate it stream of consciously. Um, stream, stream of consciousness? Yes. I like stream of consciously better though. Yeah. Well, I mean like I was trying to use the phrase in an adverb way. Um, Man, you have higher expectations of yourself than I have of myself. <laughs> so I, I applaud. <laughs> I applaud this. Yeah. But I've done, I've done MM. I've done just generic blending. I've done a face with that same format. So I figured I'd do TMM and I was looking through my models and I was like, oh yeah, dude, Halgrim's got a great little ax to do this on. Um, so I did that and then I was kind of so enthusiastic about the end result that I wanted to paint more of the model. So I painted more of it on stream, started doing some gold TMM. I'm, my love for TMM has really been invigorated and I got I to gotta hand it to the Metal and Alchemy gold set and the silvers from AK Interactive. So mm. Scale 75, AK Interactive, two different paint ranges, pretty similar, but like the silvers from AK operate like I expect acrylic paints to operate. Um, and so that just, just encouraged me to mm. use them way more. And so I've been doing a lot of teaming lately. I'm, I've been um, lately unabashedly a big fan of the new AK third gen paints. I like them a lot. Cool. I do not have any of their metallics. The biggest problem I have with them is like I can't, I can't get them in stores anywhere. Mm. I don't have we have you checked um, Hub Hobby? It seems like a thing that Hub Hobby might carry. I actually was just there recently uh, buying stuff for my own personal hobby space at home, um, and I did not see them. Okay. Well, we have all GW paints now, which was a new development. Really? Yeah. Interessante. Interessante. So I painted him a little bit, and okay. I, I want to finish him. I'm very I said, excited about I that. I said this prior to the start of the um, podcast. Oh, right. You, you complimented me greatly with your first question, yeah. I thought. I asked. At, this was at about a two-foot distance. It was sitting here, and I was standing up. <laughs> Um, and I was like, I just, I immediately thought it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to vocalize this. I can't tell if this is TMM or NMM. That's the question you want to hear, baby. Yeah. And when I brought it up close and I was like, you know, you do the movement test. If you can pick it up and move it around. You know, instantaneously. You can tell. But yeah. like, it was stationary. Just like seeing a video on Earth video, seeing a picture on Instagram. Um, I, I really could not tell, especially this halberd. Um, blade and everything is like is really cool. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, I really like this. Um, I've really been in, just enjoying doing NMM lately. So this nice. doesn't necessarily like jump out at me, other than uh, just something that I want to do more of. Other than the fact, like I can see for like doing an army or trying to, I mean, like some steps of this that are like really successful you could still add into your army painting scheme to really bump it up a notch which is like base coat uh quick shade or washes into the recess of a matte regular paint and then that bright af chrome edge highlight yeah so yeah i used Maltau chrome a marker ink to do my last very last sparing edge highlight and it just twinkles in little areas and it looks so cool. 
<laughs> Twinkle, twinkle. All right, what did you do on the ogre? Did you do more on him? I painted his other fist, and I painted his face and his neck, and I gave him white eyes, which was very hard because his eyes are super sunken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also gave him gold teeth. Um, and I was like, how come no one's ever done this on an ogre before on the stream? Uh, forgetting the fucking guy named Greasiest Gold Tooth, the biggest, baddest ogre there is, who has gold teeth. Um, Hence painted, the name. Exactly. It's in his name. Uh, yeah, so I just uh, painted his other face in his head. Not even, not even his whole head, just his face. Um, and I, lo- I love the gold teeth. Uh, one of my viewers on the stream, uh, Mike Genie, gave me the idea for the gold teeth. He calls him uh, something like... He uses the word post Malone, but he changes it into like an ogre version. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah, like so it's that. it's good. I would rather have gone with I would have gone with an Island Boys reference myself, Island but Boys. to each their own. He looks clo- he looks more like Post Malone than an Island Boy. <laughs> By the way, speaking of references, I, I appreciate how we're both wearing articles of clothing today that reference TV shows. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. It's good stuff, man. You gotta have those those deep cuts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't wait till you paint that. I need you to just paint this his Michael Jackson glove, oh, and then God. and then take a really crispy up close shot of just the glove, and then tag Max fly. You're like this is a glove, Max. <laughs> hey, Max. Uh, just uh, just in case you didn't know what a glove looked like, just one guy helping out another guy. <laughs> <laughs> what gloves look like. Um. I, I'm pretty sure Max didn't even paint that model, but it's funny. Yeah, I know. It's funny. It's just a crap out. Crap out a little bit. Whenever I see something painted by the heavy metal team, I'm like, oh, I bet Max painted that. Yeah, every time. <laughs> every time. Um, okay, so that's what we painted. I feel like we painted some models this week, Scott. We did. We're getting it done. Goody peepees, did you paint models this week? I feel like you should paint some models this week. Yeah, let us know on the Facebook group. Yeah, Facebook group. That's a good place to like share your whippets and... Uh, also your whips. Your true whips. Remember true. that? Yeah, true whip. True whip's still a thing, man. It's still you Good. Put in Good. like and go on Instagram and put in hashtag true whip and see how many results you get. Let's lower the let's lower the barrier of what a whip is. A whip is not a beautiful part of the model surrounded in black primed model. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey Scott, you remember that one time? You tried carrying a 3D printer up the stairs and the vat was filled with resin and you spilled the resin all over yourself. Nah. How could I forget? We lost the precious Three Wolf One Moon t-shirt that day. <laughs> what if I told you there was actually a savior out there for other people's meme t-shirts? Would it happen to be today's sponsor, Masterwork Miniature? You're catching on quickly, spaghetti arms. If you love all the awesome STLs you see online but aren't super interested in spilling resin on yourself like me, among other potential annoyances, browse Masterwork Miniature's catalog of over 60 different printed designs. Go print the minis out and send them your way so you don't have to. Dalen, the owner and operator, has over five years' experience printing minis on resin 3D printers that he's fine-tuned to crispy perfection, which you can see all the pictures of on his site. Masterwork Miniatures has over 2,000 sales on Etsy with an overall rating of 5 out of 5 stars. As owners and operators of small businesses ourselves, we appreciate Dalen's hustle. You can pick up some minis knowing you're supporting the little guy. You can also pick up a box of random D&D minis as a gift for the impending holiday season. You can get five for $15 or 10 for $25. And because you are a goody pee you can get them even cheaper than that. Viewers and listeners of Trapped Under Plastic can use the coupon code TENDEES at checkout for an additional 20% off. 
You can find links in the description and show notes below to Masterworks Miniatures Etsy web store. Thank you for sponsoring this portion of today's episode. Now to the main topic. All right. The main topic for today was a conversation that we fell on in our, what are you doing? Stuff they're chugging away is voodoo. Uh, the voodoo that you do. <laughs> what kind of voodoo do you do? Later, uh, later it's going to make me go doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little chat with Vince, Sam, and... Benjamin Cantor, and we kind of fell upon this idea of a hobby bucket list. Yeah. You know, the, the things that are awesome that you want to accomplish someday in your life in any chosen field. So we have we have some ideas for like what are on our hobby bucket list, maybe what could be on yours or how to take some steps to get to those awesome milestones. Yeah, just like that movie, The Bucket List. Yeah. Is that a movie? Yeah, it's a movie about old guys doing stuff oh, okay. before they die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a fairly recent movie? Uh, like in the last maybe 10, 15 years. Okay, so not too recent. It's uh, got uh, Morgan Freeman, I'm pretty sure. Some old white guy, Jack Lemon, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like that, except for hopefully we don't have terminal cancer right now. Yeah, and trying hopefully. to do all the things before we die. But uh, if we do, well, good thing we're doing this episode. <laughs> We're figuring it out now. (laughs) Bucket list. Yes. I want to kind of break this down a little bit. So, like, we're going to go over, like, heavy bucket list things. But, like, also I think it's important that we kind of show the scaffolding underneath a little bit. Like, what are the things? Some of these things are are pretty heavy lifts, especially, you know, if, like, us of three, five, whatever years ago were to say the same thing. You just like putting that out there without having any steps to get there or any smaller term 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 goals. Wow, my brain just like blue screened. Um, <laughs> uh, hang on, we got to control control out delete this. Um, and if you don't have those goals to get there, like just saying a thing is like, well, okay, that's not going to happen unless we can work towards it. So I think maybe we'll break down a little bit too. Maybe let's do it. Okay, what's your first bucket list goal, Scott? Man. I've had this one for a while. I would love for someone to organically reach out to me and be like, would you like to paint the box art for one of our products? Oh, wow, really? You know, I would love, because like the term box artist is such a, it seems like an esteemed thing. Box artist. Exactly. It's like your paint job is going to be on the, I mean, it might be on the printed product that goes on shelves and stores and things like that. That's so, that's like a, that's like a, yeah. A bucket list item. All right, dude, this is an easy one. Dude, this is the this is great. We're going to be checking off bucket list items mid-podcast. Okay, listen, Scott. All right. Are you going to say that I've done my own? No. Okay, because I've done the Duchess, but that doesn't count. No. Listen. Okay. It's called Ball of Snakes. <laughs> are, you, are you employing me right now? And I need an artist. My answer is yes. Give the artistic vision to Ball of Snakes in my upcoming Kickstarter, Play-Doh Snakes. <laughs> I'm so inspired already. I have the perfect idea. I'll paint it green. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't. I, that's see. That's that's why you're the artist. I yeah. never would have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I never would have thought of a, a color. Yeah. So this is as much about people desiring you as it is all the hard work it would be to actually paint it. Right. Yeah. It's like I don't want to actually do it. I just want people to ask me to do it. No, I do want to actually do it. But you're okay. right. That that there is an element of acceptance like and like i will say like there are people that i would rather hear from than others like Mm. i'd rather a small display company reach out and be like 
we trust you with this because those kinds of people will trust people like Kirill, you know, to yeah. do their shit. So it's like, I feel like one, I, once I get to that point, it's kind of like, okay, I'm in the fold now. And I feel like we shouldn't name specific company names right now because then no. they're going to hear about this and they're going to feel obligated. Hey, Scott, uh, would you like to paint this? Yeah, so obviously no obligation to reach out to me because I've said this. You should only ever do it because you think that I'm a good painter like, or it matches whatever your yeah. vision is. Okay, and I, I have had in the last year, I've had... Well, I guess technically you asked me to do yours, so that counts. Yeah. But um, I've had two other ones, two other requests. Nice. But I turned them both down. Rip. Um, not because I didn't think they were amazing models or really flattered and would love to do that. I just, I don't, right now in the rat race that I'm living, I, I don't have the time to really commit to it. I'd want to go full ball sack on it. Cool. And you got my only ball sack, so... That was it. It was my only ball sack sack for the year. Okay. And one sack for the year. I'll take it. I'll make a trophy out of it. Yeah. But I did feel this, and I I don't, I did feel this from both of them, and it was more on me than I think their intention. Maybe it was. I felt like they wanted me to do it as much because I'm a YouTuber as I am because I'm actually a good painter. Yes. It's like, they're going to make a video about this. Which is right. like, there's that definitely that feeling. So I'll, I'll don't, I don't know if I'll ever be like fully satisfied by someone reaching out to me because it's like, you know, it's it's an advertising opportunity. Right. Um, but uh, you get yeah. your brand associated, even if you didn't make a mo- video on it. I never made a video on your thing for your Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, I could have. No, I, I mean, probably should have. I didn't. I don't know. I don't. What would you have even made? Though? I don't know. I would have just had it had a camera rolling while we were painting and you were making notes and we were making fart jokes. That would have been a great video. <laughs> Cause it smelled like farts so bad down there for two days it's in your long, basement. It's a long two days. Yeah. Um, that was, I look back on that. I'm like, God damn, we were, I mean, mostly up me, but we were machines. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just sitting there taking notes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. I, I, I really enjoyed that process, but yeah. So I was like, Oh, do they, they just want, even if you don't make a video on it, I feel like your brand associated. People hear about that. They see it. You're obviously going to post yourself on your own socials and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Are they just doing this for more exposure to their minis or are they doing it because they really think uh, I'm a great painter? At the end of the day, I kind of respect them for whichever way because you you put your all your effort, sweat, and tears into making what awesome minis. Don't you want people to know about them? Don't you want people to buy them? That's kind of the whole point. So yeah, if, yeah, and you're a business, right? Like obviously, you're gonna pick someone who's gonna give you more exposure versus another one if their paint like quality is a similar level. Yeah, uh, that, that makes total sense. So yeah, no, no flame to people who who have that thought. You know? No, no. In fact, all everybody asks Scott to paint it, so then make him just feel bad about having to say no to you each individually. Everyone ask me. <laughs> want it? That's my first item: painting a, a box art from a display company we'll we'll be more specific that's a that's a good one that's a good kicker off here booty boo this is what i want to do okay i like that (laughs) and i didn't think of that one what are you laughing about booty boo that's what i want to (laughs) do that's what of course i'm thinking about that or laughing about that oh the fuck you saying brother (laughs) (laughs) all right so my first one on a bucket list i want to have a picture of my painted model in White Dwarf. Yeah. Okay. So I'm right there with you. I think that that's like a 
a it's like a it's a flag that like is you're going up Mount Everest, right? And you got to get like, oh, we're hitting tier two, we've hitting tier three. Now it's like fourteen percent oxygen, whatever. And it's like you, you tell you can plant that flag, you know, feel like you can make it all the way to the heap and whatever whatever the heap is to you. It's just like it is an institution of miniature painting that began before we were born and will be here long after we're dead. Maybe, probably, possibly. Yeah, in some kind of form, probably. Yeah, and so it, it to me it represents like being connected to a greater thing than just my own journey, my own experience, my own videos, my own competition painting. It's like you are now ingrained in that physical ink and paper forever. So you're a part of the history. And just being able to say that like feels really cool to me. And something about it is I differentiate that from like awards or, or I mean, spoiler, we're probably going to talk about Golden Demon here at some point in this episode. But something about this is different for me. Yeah, it, it, It's like a in a thousand years, the space aliens that have taken over our planet because the humans have fucked it up beyond repair and they didn't want us to shoot the nukes and they're here and they're like checking through the wreckage and they, they find somebody is like steel military little, little cabinet box, little ammo box. And it's filled with like a hundred issues of white dwarf. And they're like, this is the timeline of how men made little tiny men that weren't actually men. And they pretended they were men and they would kill each other. This is, this is their story. Yeah. And in issue 869, you can see a one inch by one inch cube that kind of looks like a fuzzy version of the space dwarf. I painted. Yes. Nice. Nice. I think what you're going to recognize is that, a lot of these bucket list items are attached to validation and recognition. Mm. I think I think they're all going to be like that. Not all of yeah. them, but the, all the ones in my head at the moment are all about that. Yeah, I think there's something about when you when you think of bucket list. So it's obviously it's like things, goals, achievements you have before you die, and and at that point, something about longevity or something about leaving an impact on something far after you're gone starts to creep into that decision-making process, right? Our own mortality, whether you consider it or not, is a part of this. Yeah, it's it's like intrinsic. You can't avoid it in a way. Yes. Yeah. So how do you go beyond yourself and others will recognize mm. that you are so selfless and are beyond thyself like the great Sanguinius who sacrificed himself? He lost it. He lost it. Yes, men men trying to be eternal, right? Right. Okay. My next one that I just thought of, which is not about recognition, is to make a motherfucking game. Making games, bitch. I gotta make at least one at some point, okay? And it's gotta be banging, all right? It's gotta be, I gotta have a blockbuster right out of the gates. It's gotta sell a million copies, be better than anything Vince has ever made. Yeah. Okay, that's the pressure that I'm putting on myself. Bro, I got, like, a I got a game right now. You ready? Hear my pitch? Uh, is it anything to do with ball snakes? No. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, don't, I don't wanna hear it anymore. Although, okay. <laughs> Katamari Damase. But instead of fucking, you're rolling up other parts of a tiny Japanese town. You're just rolling up more snakes. <laughs> it's just you're just collecting them. Snakes. It's like Katamari. Is that the name of that game where it's like you just? I literally a just said, John. Where were you? <laughs> I was thinking of the name. This is my podcast partner, bro. <laughs> I was thinking. 
I was thinking of that game, <laughs> trying to think of the name of it while you're talking. And <laughs> I said the said name of it. That was like that game, Calamari, dude. Oh man, yeah, no, that. it's Calamari. Um, <laughs> Calamari di- Dynamite. <laughs> So my game, okay, it's okay. So what you do is you find a thing that's very successful, um, and so and you just replicate it, but you make a dirty version. So <laughs> this is a winning idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my name is the name of my game is called Crapples to Crapples, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all it's the exact same game as Apples to Apples, but every single card with words on it are different words are poop jokes. I mean, I, I got a bad news for you. Someone already did this. Well, I'm not you know, talking about that the game with the black box. What's it called? I <laughs> Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity. Is that what that is? No, those are like like crass going too far, and they go way beyond poop jokes. This is all poop jokes. Okay, just because it's called Crapples, Crapples. Yeah, it's Crapples, Crapples. Perfect. Well, okay. I was thinking more of a miniature war game, but you know, this is cool too. Okay, I mean, uh, each their own. <laughs> we'll table it for now, but later. Okay, so so I I prefer the snake. A uh, ball pit idea. Okay. A ball pit. Never mind. That oh, wait, wait, else. wait, wait. Okay, oh. that's in our fast food restaurant slash play place. <laughs> it's a snake ball pit. This is the other bucket list item. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fast food themed like mini painting uh, joint. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So a, a game. So this is like having a physical thing. It's like it's got like packaging. Like it's a real thing. I know, yeah. Like, it's on like people's dining room tables. Yes. And like, you know, people are playing it. They're liking it. Like there's a community forming around of it. Like, I, yeah, I want, I want all of that. I want all of it. Is there something different about between that and like manufacturing your own models? Yeah. Because that's largely a solitary thing. Like a Absolutely. single person likes your model, buys it, paints it, displays it, whatever, whatever. But like it has a, it has a, a, f- a function. Mm-hmm. Right, it's both form and function, and the form is the cool models inside. The function is a great game that can be played. Mm-hmm. I like that absolutely. Like, I, like you know, a lot of games like uh, the Guild Ball of Your uh, Malifaux, they have like these people that are like tournament, like uh, they're like they're supporters of the game, and like you give them like tournament prize support and all these fun things, and they teach people in their <coughs> local, local community how to play the game. Yeah, like, I love that. I love that system. I want to do that for a game that I make. I want to be like, I want it to be like super. Just super ingrained in the community and be like a, be a phenomenal game. Uh, I mean, yeah, ton of pressure. Probably not gonna nail it on the first try, but I would love to make a game. Okay, okay. No, I think we we could probably nail it on the first try. <laughs> Vince is listening to this, just shaking his head like, yeah. "You fucking fools." You no, know, uh, what I envision Vince doing right now is like he goes, he, he's slowly pulling out his list of of ideas for games, and then he whispers to himself. Damn you, John! As he crashed a cross off, crapples a crapples on his list. <laughs> Can't make that one now. Beat you to it, Vince. <laughs> yeah, we just we send it out into the universe, so now no one else can make crapples the crapples. Yeah, bro, you never want to draw the outhouse card. <laughs> and right? also, the ball it's snake. a real stinker. <laughs> the, the, the ball snake version of Katamari Damase. Yeah, that's ours. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is. I'm the captain now. Um. <laughs> Okay, you want to make a game? I, I I respect that. I also I also think that's really really cool. I I really want to do that too. I know the sheer amount of of time and <sighs> investment, it's terrifying fortitude in that. And I think finding really smart, really dedicated, um, really passionate people to surround ourselves with is, is going to be the key there. Yeah. You need, cause like if that's a long-term support thing, mm-hmm. like if you're making a board game, 
there's like a there's like a there's like an end life uh, with that. But I think with a miniature war game, if you if you want to do it right, well, not necessarily because like uh, Vince puts out like a, a rule set, and then like you know they might put out an expansion, but that that rule set is solid and exists forever to use. Yeah. So you don't have to like continue to release products and stuff like that. But I guess in the way that I'm imagining it, I would want to do that. You're, you're probably invag- imagining a, a competitive, like played in a term- tournament structure style of thing. And that requires a bit more um, like ongoing support and update and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, which, I, you're right. Which is cool. But can it also be just like super fun to sit down with your buddy over a couple beers in an hour and a half and play this awesome, sweet game? that uh you just love and you want to buy all the models for mm-hmm. um like jeez man i need i need boingy snake i need i need a rattle rattlesnake flat snake i need a flat <laughs> snake that's a hard sculpt to pull off it's just a piece of tape <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard one to pull off you just make a roll and then you flatten it <laughs> Oh, how about snake eating snake? So there's just a snake tail sticking out the mouth of the other snake. You gotta ask with the mouth though. That's pretty challenging. Yeah, dude. You just you 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 cut a, a cut a line right down the middle of the head and you pull them apart. There you go. And then that becomes the mouth. Okay, bro. I got a lot of years of experience sculpting <laughs> Plato snakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, wig wearing snake. <laughs> My next one. <laughs> All right. My next one the thing I want to do before I die. I want to create a ma- Wow. <laughs> like that was I don't know if Alex is gonna edit it out, but there was like six seconds of just silence between the one word and the next. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm so excited. I was trying to think that. of the term magna opus. I was trying to think magnum sure. opus. I don't know if it's magnum or magna. I think it's magna. All right, you keep going. I'll look it up. Um, I'm pretty sure it's magna. Uh, my, my, the work that defines my painting career, the pinnacle of all, a piece so grand. A piece so earth-shatteringly magnum opus. God damn it. I thought that was like, that's a gun, bro. That's not magma opus. That's like that's like like an opera in lava. Um so <laughs> so uh yeah, I, I want to have like the this is like this is the piece. This is the piece that I am known for. This is the piece that is like the culmination of my vision. Once my I know what the fuck my my design style is, my aesthetic, like who like you see this painting, you knew I painted it, and like this grand piece that exemplifies everything of me. And it doesn't need to be like the best painting in the whole world or the most over the top amazing thing ever, but like I want to be able to on my deathbed say this thing like this thing was was greater than the sum of its parts this piece is more value to me because it exemplifies me in miniature i want that two questions for you yeah um does this involve you making the model or just the paint job i don't even know okay i think there's there's a higher level of creation to it than just painting a model okay so maybe conversion conversion it's crafting a um a diorama even like it, it could be like very simplistic um conversions 
but the there's there's something more to it, some more storytelling involved in it, more complexity to it. There's there's something about it that makes it unique, both to me and ideally, it's it's something either new or a new take on something that it feels like it's not me just painting a model in a different way, slightly better, slightly worse than than a lot of other people that painted that. Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. in and of itself, you know. Second unique. question. Yep. Can you list me any other miniature painters magnum opus? Has anyone done this? Yes. 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 Who? Roman Lapot. What's his magnum opus? Last oh, night. Oh, okay, sure. Last Can you list anybody else? Like, give me like give me like two, two more. So I'm trying to illustrate that this is a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I would say Ben Commons. The problem is Ben Commons is like four of them. <laughs> really? What are they? Um, the the drop pod one is one very much to me. Okay. His latest one, the car car bungala dungala, <laughs> the halfling squ- uh, tank thing. No, no, no. The the demon in the demon in the Primark fighting. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sanguinius and uh, Con- car, bung- car, car bungala dungala. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kabanda. <laughs> I was really close. <laughs> yeah, you were close. <laughs> um, gosh, I feel like. Uh, I because like these people are still alive and still painting, so I can't really really want to say that. But like also, I would say uh, Michael Pasarsky's tribute. That is that's what I thought of first too. Yeah, um, and it's, it's not even like it's not even like necessarily like it is the most is the the best most refined most skilled version of their painting. Oh yeah, I know. But yeah. it's just something, and not that any of the things that I've said are poorly painted. Obviously not. But like it just like I you say their name. And I envision this piece that's like, it's beyond the sum of its parts. That's a great bucket list item. Yeah. Because it's like very, very difficult. Right. And it's like really something to strive for. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like I, this is, a, I feel like in order job. for me to do that, I need to be at a point where it's just like, I'm taking a sabbatical or I'm like semi-retired or something where like I can put so much of my attention and focus and drive and time into it yeah in order to really do that yeah um but maybe i'm also just like making excuses for myself for not acting like i feel like i do that a lot for even just like getting working on golden team and stuff like excuses are like are like uh buttholes you can find a lot of them in crapples to crapples <laughs> <laughs> a lot of excuses in crapples to crapples Nine <laughs> 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 Available. The Kickstarter is launching late April 2023. <laughs> grapples and grapples. Uh, that's a good one. You know, in the beginning, we we said that we were going to give people stepping stones. Oh, fuck. We just never did that. Uh, some of them are a little challenging, obviously. Okay. I don't know if you want to, like, retroactively give some stepping stones uh, to some of these things. Make a game. I don't think we need to. I mean, it's if like, you want stepping stones, watch the Vince episode yeah. where you discuss, discuss game design. Like that, that is how where you start yeah. with that episode. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. Yes, and, and we did a whole episode on it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, what was the other one? Uh, in getting into Golden Demon, I think. I mean, we haven't done that White one dwarf. yet. White Dwarf. White Dwarf. Yeah, I think. Okay, so Golden Demon has sorry, GW has kind of a, a growing list of people that they kind of uh, work with. Um, and so I think a great way to like get noticed by them is to one paint their products. Um, I don't know. And paint them. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like take, take them in like Warhammer community and stuff. On stuff your like Instagram that. Yeah. Like you, get them to know you, see you. Yeah. Important. Put, put your models like maybe in the comments, some of their Facebook posts, stuff like that. 
um, kind of just get your work in front of them. Yeah, and they're like, show us your blank, blank, blank on their uh, like Warhammer different stuff, Facebook groups, and they ask for pictures and stuff. Super unique stuff also really works to get into like white dwarfs. Like whenever I saw someone's like army in there, it was like a really awesome conversion that was like very much so in the lore of like yeah. the Warhammer world that like didn't exist prior. Um, don't use any off GW bits. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's that. I found that really interesting too because it's like either we want a unique take on it. We, we love it when they're just s in the d of our lore, <laughs> um, but also not so wildly um, like changed so they can still the audience can still tell at its core that it is a Idenf Deepkin. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. is still our models. They're still cool and unique, but it's like it's still very much Ush Games Workshop. Here's where to buy the product. It's this fine line, I think. Yeah. Uh, getting someone to employ you for a box art. I mean, there's not many stepping stones to that other than just being a Liddy ass display model painter. Liddy AF. So I think what we should do is because a lot of them are going to fall into become a Liddy <laughs> AF painter. <laughs> Get good. So I think maybe we break down like maybe some of the short term goals, like. What are the sub bullet points in this bucket list thing? So these are actually we got potentially s- achievable. We got sub bullet points for we our got bullet these, points, bro. You like bullet points? We got bullet points on your bullet points. Easy. Okay, we so we can we can crank out all that. I don't know if you want to do that now or we want to do that later at the end. Maybe do it at the end. Episode two, the <laughs> sub bullet point. Name <laughs> the episode. Crapples to crapples colon <laughs> the sub bullet point. The it's colon a- is spelled out because it's the first expansion. <laughs> That's the best joke you've ever had. Oh, so much so that you you kicked me in the head for it, dude. <laughs> I thought I felt some resistance at some point. Oh, I also just ripped ass on the way down, dude. Right. I mean, that's right on par with Crabble's Crabble's on brand, dude. You are you are our ideal audience. Yeah. You know, huh. ages five to ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say five to nine. <laughs> that's, our, that's our target audience. Oh man! All right, and every man alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every yeah every man. That's like thirty with a child stuck in his body. You know mm-hmm. that. That's it. We want. We want. We want, we want you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next bucket list item. I want to. I want to. I don't know if this is possible, but I want to quantify how to judge a painted miniature. Oh, interesting. I want to make a rubric that is largely accepted as the de facto way to judge mini painting. Oh my! Oh my! Is that possible? Probably not. Am I like? Am I in way over my head? Absolutely. I have no fucking clue. I mean, I have a clue, but like, I've never like judged a competition before, so it's not like I have experience in this arena. But like, I would, I would love to, yeah, have that, make that as a resource for for people. I mean, I think there is enough real world examples to make you feel like it's possible and to me the number one thing is <clears throat> they have judges for figure skating yeah like olympic what, judges for what do they do floor routine gymnastics like there's a technical aspect to each of those like figure skating perfect example there's a technical aspect did you did you pull the triple double 
fooper fooper like if you did you pull it off like what does it constitute a clean lift the amount of rotations a clean landing yeah uh, any swoopy swoops as you're like gliding away yeah what, what's in your routine yeah, yeah but then, like in the artistic expression side of like did you did you tell a story in your swilly swallies like right did you does it match up with the ed sheeran song you chose to dance to yes like how does it all and how do you bring all those together so the russian judge doesn't f you yes i mean he's probably going anyway yeah. but the point is this is done at the highest stage in the world and it is something very akin to an artistic meets a technical execution aspect so it's possible you know what interesting do you think that mini painting is more technically focused than traditional art yes that's a big difference 100% right we're we're more preoccupied with that question than the vast majority of fine or artists are I don't don't actually know because I'm not like involved in those circles but maybe if you are let us know down below I think a large point of that is you are in traditional art, you are dealing with a blank canvas or a a mound of clay yet to be sculpted into a snake. So like, like there's just like the, the realm of possibilities is as vast as the universe of what that will end up being. Whereas here it's like, it's it's skeleton. (laughs) Uh, He, he's got ax. So, so paint it. Votan. Votan. Yeah, you paint it like an axe, and uh, you paint armor like armor. So, like we have these these uh, restrictions put upon us, some boundaries put upon us already by the actual subject matter. So it's like it's it seems easier to lean in the technical side of things. It's okay, like, does yeah. the sword look like a sword should look? Instead of like, well, you're opening up ZBrush, it's completely blank, and you are going to create something start to finish, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and then paint it in a masterful way. So. Uh, so yeah, I think that's probably why it's traditionally looked upon that way. But I, I think that there's enough pushing of the boundaries, both in individuals that are doing that, as well as competitions like Monty and and uh, the World Model Expo thing that that really are pushing towards the artistic side more than the technical side. But I think you still need to pull off the technical side, even in those at the highest level. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but they reward the artistic side maybe more. So yeah. So I've, I've, I've dedicated some brain juices to thinking about a rubric, uh, but I've never like really sat down and just kind of like hashed out V1 that I've sent around to a bunch of really awesome painters and judges who would just shit on it and then make, you know, go through that, that whole iterative process of trying it out, getting feedback, applying it to <clears throat> like models that I know should win and shouldn't win and see if like the results line up with the expectation, you know? Yeah. I think the only... I think it's totally doable to create that. I think it could have rounds of revisions and evolutions, and it shouldn't be viewed as something like written. It's like on, a living document. Tablets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it would be something that you would want to hold yourself to. That it would be like widely viewed as the this is the standard, the gold standard of how you do stuff, because so many of the painting competitions, well, basically every painting competition is like, it has its own unique identity and pe- and each of these people that run these, they, they want it to feel and be unique. Right. Sure. And so if we're all just doing the same criteria, it doesn't matter where you go to compete. You'll feel like you'll get the same in theory. You'll feel like you get the same result everywhere and people won't want that fair. But I think this 
and, and so that shouldn't necessarily be your goal. If like if people adopt it or they're like we're starting a new one or we're we're redoing we're we're bringing back crystal brush and we you know we want something to have a foundation what if it's viewed as like the foundation they can make their own tweaks for in the future how cool would that be? some open source licensed rubric yes that you can modify absolutely that yes. that satisfies the same same goal in my head yes and this lines up really well into my next Stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones. My next uh, bucket list item, right? But uh, should we? Should we? Oh, so, so stepping stones. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. We kind of already listed some. Like, obviously, you want to start with V one. You want to. I would. I would say you want to run it through a test where it's like, here are ten models. Here's where they should fall, mm. and you judge those ten models. Maybe your own painted miniatures. You see where they fall. If shit ain't working out, then tweak the rubric. Give it to people who are judges, who are good painters. Give feedback. Change it. <laughs> Et cetera, et cetera. Those are the stepping stones that I would take to do that that goal. Burp alert! <laughs> I meant for that to be applause because I really like what you're saying there, but instead you got the fucking oh okay oh, system. He's down. <laughs> um, I think uh, trying to to gather. There's a research phase in this too. Like the research yeah. phase is like finding existing yes. miniature painting criteria, finding other other criteria for competitions in the art world finding things that bring in technical aspects and artistic expression like the olympics certain events F gather all these find how do they formulate how formulate it how do they what are their guiding principles what are like the things that are lining up and you're seeing right you know beautiful mind thing around the fucking yeah. numbers all moving yeah, start yeah. to do that before you do that and, and like you're totally right how this break how this breaks down to something in goody peepees um, it's kind of also like our game design thing. Like Vince was saying, it's it's this isn't just relying about making a game. This isn't just about like making the best uh, rubric. It's about oftentimes finding your north star of whatever it is you're trying to do. Find out at its core what is the what is the point of this, and using that, being able to vocalize that north star and being able to keep setting yourself to it. Yeah, it's a it's pretty typical business like thing as well you have a guiding principle that all your product and all your decisions are based around yeah so yours then kind of ties into mine because what i would like before i die where we can in like institute the rubric is at the miniature painting competition at tendicon baby i want a gaming and painting convention the likes of which does not exist of this day. The likes of which will blow all others away. The likes of which has such a variety of attendees for all of you consume and vendies as well. That we will go down in history as those that created Tendicon. Tendicon. Yeah. yeah. I want that case. I just I want it. You just turned into a little goblin right there. <laughs> wait, wait, the problem with that is we need to like hire a bunch of people. Mostly one person. Yeah, just one person. I think that's all you need for a con. I mean, yeah. Like there needs to be one person that like that is their full time job is director of operations of like putting all the shit together. But they find all the other people. Yeah, hire. and then 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 those people can do the things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you foot that bill. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll pay for it. As long as I can be an esteemed guest. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as I can be an esteemed guest, you can pay for all the stuff. That's how this works. Wow, wow, okay. Great okay. deal, great deal. Do we need panels? Yeah. We need- Celebs? We need, we need celebs, we need like freaking uh, uh, classes that are, okay, other places do that, but we'll also have classes. You're right. Uh, great vendors, we have demos. I want, I want like demo, like, like when you go to the fair and there's people like showing you their fucking Ginsu knives, they can like cut through tomatoes super easy and all the old ladies are like, God, I can't believe I've been cutting my tomatoes wrong this whole time. Like, this, like, like the CEO cast demo at Adepticon? Yes, like that. But more of that. But like more of that. Yes. I want them on platforms, like the little elevated platforms, and they have the little headsets off to the side. Slap chop. Yeah, and so, yeah, slap chop. Yeah, right up there fucking doing his, his slap chop demos, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I think that that's, I think that there's so much opportunity. There'd be a place where you can like go get tattoos. Like people do like 40k tattoos. Yeah, dude. You go get dude. tattoos. They have concerts every night. Come on. Food trucks? Yes. Food trucks, yes. Yeah, bro. It's like they have the they have the gravy train. We call it the gravy train. Right? So it's like, oh, gravy train's here. It's five o'clock. Boop, 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 boop. There's like fifteen a row. Like bop, 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 bop. Yes. And everyone's out there. Gravy He's train. Going out there, be like, hey, it's every single one does tendies. Yeah, it's just tendies. <laughs> they're just they're you just get 15. them inside. They're outside. <laughs> it's fifteen Kane's trucks backed up to each other. We <laughs> uh, riding the gravy train. Yeah, so I, I mean, this is partially silly, but I also like I want the thing to be a thing. I, I it's like it just feels like such a massive like undertaking. But I also think like, um, the fact that Penny Arcade like did that and they took a business model that was. A web comic to a web comic plus this interesting like web TV show before like YouTube was even a popular thing, and they've continued to evolve their business model, and they have turned packs into like a massive, massive thing, and it's like super fun and super amazing. Whatever, I'm just like, man, I just inspiring to me, right? Absolutely. I want the thing to exist in the universe. Yeah. So stepping stones. <laughs> Run an online painting competition. Sure. And then like run a real one, like in the flesh, like in a small local convention center. Yeah. Then run one with a gaming tournament and then run one with a gaming tournament and three food trucks. Right. You know? So like it's not going to be the bucket list item right away. I think that's obviously too much pressure and there's too much room to fail there, right? Because yeah. you got to have a little bit of experience. Um, unless you hire someone who just knows everything, which is possible. Um, but yeah, I think those are the those are the stepping stones for any aspiring uh, con runners. I would assume those are the stepping stones. If I know people that are doing it, yeah, and then talk to them. Yeah, yeah. if you like, if you have that opportunity, yes. Yeah, want to want to learn, pick their brains, that kind of stuff. You got any more? I mean, there's the obvious one of getting a golden demon or yeah. getting a slayer sword. Yeah. Oh man. It's always been, it's always been one since I was like 13. I've always wanted one of those trophies. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what I would do. I would carry it with me everywhere. Yeah, dude. I'd be like, I'd be like that uh, in the in the football movies when the running back fumbles the ball and then the coach makes him carry the football to class everywhere. He has to carry the football with him everywhere and uh, for like a week and nobody can hit the ball away from him. He has to always be on, on 
you know, he's on his game. So he's going down the hallway at the high school and this random kid thing? goes by and hits the ball. Oh, that's a real thing. Really? Yeah. It's how it's how you, you teach your dude not to fumble the ball. He's, he's always be on his mind about is the ball secure. But for me, it's a golden demon and it's not secure. It's just like showing it to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy. <laughs> hey, lady at Quick Trip. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's definitely one for both of us. Yeah, um, I would, I would put a, put it on my mantle. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not carrying it around, show it to my grandchildren. You see this? It's there's only like seven thousand of them in the world, and this is one of them. This is my. Of all of my achievements in life, next to crapples, crapples. <laughs> This is my most proud. Every night when I go to sleep on my money bags <laughs> filled to the brim like Scrooge McDuck from all my crapples to crapples royalty. <laughs> it's this one trophy that means the most to me. <laughs> Your crapples to crapples has expanded into some massive universe. Yes. Yeah, it's like, you know, the crapples to crapples, it's just a brand that knows no limits. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you're not limited by anything. Yeah, other than being sued by the Apple's Apple's company, <laughs> we've got that one thing. Yeah, you buttholes. You're right, right. Yeah, they can get that guy in that one video who says, "Show me your butthole." Yeah, he could be like our salesman. Yes, there it is. Yeah, I feel like it. I feel like that would would resonate well on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got one more, and it's just I wanna I wanna have one of my painted minis end up on a Volamir. Don't miss this article. Again, mm. just more recognition for being a good painter. It's uh, it's interesting how much validation I seek. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm just being honest. I love to be, I love to be in one of those articles. Mm. I had one more too, and it's kind of related to that. And it it's trying to, and I feel like we're coming off as like very narcissistic people in this episode. But what? no, I don't think so. Um, I think saying we deserve to be on those things is narcissistic. I think saying we want to be on them and be mm. validated for our art is a little bit different. Maybe, you know, validation seeking, but I don't think it's narcissistic necessarily. Being pissed off that we were sh- that we were robbed because we didn't get a golden demon last year would be. That's narcissistic. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um I also think that. But anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> um I think some something to put beyond me, but also would be cool if I was more involved in it that um at so I don't even know at what level this box could be checked because it's already kind of out there of miniature painting being in galleries, but like being in some way a part of the movement where there is like the light switch turns on and traditional art, art critics and, and art like connoisseurs and audiences are like this is true art how were we wrong this whole time and i don't know if that's even a thing i don't know if that's like if people are actively against it or they just don't know about it or or it's whatever but like they're being like yeah oh yeah in every april at the you know chicago institute of art is is a beautiful miniature showcase you know whatever and then it's a traveling showcase and then it goes to new york and then it goes to paris and then it goes to you know Berlin and whatever and it's just like that it, it whether I have a piece that's in it it would be awesome but that doesn't necessarily whatever just to kind of like feel that like the day the time that we are in the miniature hobby like 
we were there when like it, there was a there was a shift a shift in recognition yeah, yeah. for the the hobby as a whole yes okay. yeah yeah be be involved in that movement i totally get that yeah, yeah. i'll be here for that too Oh, well, I'd love to be here for that. I mean, okay. you, you want to go to that? Yeah, oh, yeah, I want to go to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an event. All right, yeah, we'll go to that. Okay, so we have to wear our, our uh, Dumb and Dumber tuxedos. Okay, <laughs> not our Canes t-shirts. Yeah, I mean it's Canes t-shirts. It's it's Dumb and Dumber's tuxedos with a Canes t-shirt underneath. Yeah, there it is. So at the after party and you're getting all sweaty. Yeah, you know you just you tear away tuxedo on. Tear away tuxedo, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <sighs> I think we have. Just got it. Got it at all. Yeah. Got it at all. Okay, so to break down No uh, other goals. Break down like how do you get into Gold Demon and how do you get into White Dwarf and how do you get out of Omir? Like some more and I was trying to think about this the last couple of days. Um when it's early on and like the kinds of goals I set for myself were kind of the things that was like to get try to get good as quickly as I could or or to feel like I was making progress to get to those points. These are the the, the sub bullet points um, to, to, to the win the golden demon. The first one that I set myself when I was very, I think like right when I started painting was um, I am going to paint five days a week, every week. It was setting myself to making it a priority in my life and to setting a routine. And once you do something, I think it was like some weird amount of time. It's like three weeks for the human brain or something. Then it becomes a routine. So getting to where it is a routine. And then once it is a routine, it becomes, I would say easy, but much easier to keep that up. Because it's just like, oh, yep, it's Tuesday night. I'm painting tonight. I'm not, I don't paint on Friday nights. I don't paint on Saturday nights. And all the other ones. Whatever that number is to you. Three days, four days, five days, two days, whatever. Set a routine. Paint more often. Paint more minis. Huh? <laughs> That's kind of an interesting tagline there. Kind of, it's kind of an ageless idea. It's like almost good for a slogan. Yeah, I mean, almost. Almost. Yeah. So, so it's not going to slay the gray. I mean, no. that, one, that one fucking rhymes, bro. Oh, shit. I forgot to put in the news segment about where I need to sue Games Workshop because they fucking used it in their fucking Warhammer community article. Yeah. They did. Wow. Yeah. No, they, they switched gray and slay, so it sounded fucking stupid like they were trying not to. Gray the slay? Yeah, turn your gray from sleigh. Ah, oh, I gotta find it. But it was either way. My lawyers are reaching out. Okay. Anyway, uh, is, yeah. I, so I think that that is it. Is is I mean, you gotta consistently do it. The other one that that came to mind to me, and I had a conversation recently uh, with the patron, was we often think that just painting more is going to equate to us getting those level ups and you know and while more hours does equate to more better um <laughs> I, I if you i think we often give equal weight to anything we're doing in those four hours first and foremost practice with a purpose right and that you're being very proactive and that you're really like focused on what you're doing you're not like like also watching a movie and you're just kind of going through the motions of painting. That's very important. The second one to me is if four hour, all four hours, let's say you're painting for four hours and uh, painting a model. Those four hours are not um, all equal. What I would say is I'd say the, the best practice you can get out of four hours of painting would be 30 minutes of slapping on paint. So you have it on it, have something to work from and three and a half hours of that, grinding detail refinement 
crispness, smoothness, pushing contrast in every level. Four hours equally distributed across a model in all aspects of, you know, beginning phase, ass phase, end phase is not the best use of four hours of time. It's like, how often can you crank out the last 15% of a model? Yeah. If you can only paint the last 15% of a model, you would get so fast. You would get so good so fast. Yeah. But really you, defining so, all those details. Yeah. You need to like hire little Chinese kids in the Nike shops to like paint the first 75% of models for you. And then they just mail them to you. And you got to rely on their ability to make good color schemes though. I mean, but then you're just like, you're working with what they gave you. Oh, wow. There's a video. Yeah. Hire a sweatshop child in China. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a video idea. Uh, Wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that is that it? Are we done? Did we do I, it? I think we we are, can officially die now. Okay. Wait. No, we haven't done any of those things. No! Whoa! Today's sponsor is the purveyor of honey dill sauce, the two-time 98-99 YouTube Winnipeg champion. Don't look that up. Jeremy from Black Magic Craft showing off his new game, Idols of Torment. Idols of Torment is a two-player skirmish game that features a setting that is as dark and damp as the basement in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ring! Why is he riding a moped? <laughs> Leatherface on a moped, dude! Jeremy's game features several lost NPCs that have come to life with plastic 32mm on-sprue models, which is super impressive to me. In our industry, the big guys are the only ones doing plastic models like that due to the prohibitive costs. And even then, Kumani or not does this weird rubbery plastic stuff. So it was super cool to hear that Jeremy, a small fish in a relatively big pond, is leaving no stone unturned regarding the production of his minis. In addition to those plastic models, Idols of Torment has 3D printable STL files for the rest of the 72 minis, which you can grab for around 50 bucks on the Kickstarter. Every order in the game, which is like a faction, features the same makeup of dudes, but with unique models and play styles. Speaking of the game, Jeremy's goal with this game was to make it accessible. So he created a model semi-agnostic system where you're free to bring your own models to represent your order. But if you lack creativity like Scott over here, you can instead use the minis they've designed. That's me, an uncreative spaghetti arm man. Being that Jeremy is a terrain aficionado, he built mechanics into the game in such a way that has you summoning, removing, and rotating terrain, which has a lot of fun implications. With the $150 US dollar Kickstarter special backer pledge tier, you get a PDF and a hardcover rulebook, cards, plastic minis and game tokens, and 3D printable STLs for every model of all the orders and all additional game pieces. Also, if you didn't know, Jeremy has a history of producing electronic black metal music, and as part of this campaign, you can pick up a Kickstarter-exclusive LP that features dark, ambient music to listen to while playing Idols of Torment. You can grab the record as an add-on or as part of the all-in-one backer pledge tier. You can find a link to the campaign down in the show notes or the video description below. A big thank you to Black Magic Craft and Idols of Torment for sponsoring this portion of the episode. Now on to the newsy news. Out of the news, I love the first item in the news here. <laughs> Lucas uh, from Quidmore Miniatures was featured in a like a teen like career magazine, and even them, even <laughs> them put Harry Potter <laughs> in the printed article next to his face. Yeah. Okay, Lucas, <laughs> if you watch this, just buy different glasses, bro. <laughs> 
Because that's the first thing. It's too late. It's inescapable. Yeah, now you got it now. You got it. It's the sickness. You, you got it. You got that. You got that HPV, the Harry Potter virus. <laughs> HPV. Oh man, I I thought that was hilarious. It was like an actual, like teen magazine something something, and they they got Lucas, which is smart. They 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 knew what they were leading with. They're leading with the, the sexy face of Squid Bar managers, not actually Squid Bar. Gotcha, Emil. Gotcha. Gotcha. Get wrecked. Get burned. Uh, okay. You you want to talk about... Oh, no. I got another... I want to talk about... So, Chris. Uh, a guy named Chris. I don't know. There's, he's probably the only one. A man named Chris. He's the only Chris. You know him. Chris. Uh, he is the tournament organizer for Warhammer Underworlds tournament for LVO. And this is the first year they're doing an uh, LVO Underworlds tournament. And he just reached out and he's just like... I really want it to go well. He's just really genuine, really nice. He's like, could you mention the newsy news that we're doing a Underworlds tournament? There's going to be all sorts of cool stuff that's going on. It's going on over two days. They're having like these fun side events where there's just like rivals, uh, where it's like pairing up against people that you don't like. I don't know how that works, but um, best of three grand clash on Saturday and Sunday. Um, also, there's going to be a whole bunch of open play that he's organizing as well. So if you don't want to play in a tournament, but you want to test it out or, you know, you can just go play there um, or they'll teach you to play. He's all that. Um, so they're also having full prize support from games workshop for this event too. And so he's just kind of, he's just being upright and honest. He's like, I'm just, it's it's going good so far for signups. So he's just like, I just want it to go well. I could tell it means a lot to him. So if you're going to LVO, and you played any uh, Warhammer Underworlds, consider signing up for the tournament or at least bring bring some warbands or buy a warband there and, and play. I have no shortage of Underworld warbands, let me no. tell you. No, me neither. For how often I play that game, I own too many. <laughs> Best models Games Workshop makes. <laughs> All right, next up, GW invites you to help shape the world of Necromunda with their next little... Uh, expansion for it and uh, I also read the article that James is linking here and I had the same conclusion that he has while the title and like the first sentence seem to suggest that the players are shaping the campaign which they've done that before in the past um, in, no, in no part of the article does it explain how the results from any particular game affect the actual like world um, maybe that'll come out in a future article but uh, I think that's a really cool thing for GW to do yeah I think so too. I got I got a double ender here. This is what we call double sided snake. Okay. Oh no. <clears throat> so it's a snake head on both sides of the snake. Yes. So uh, we're gonna talk about leagues of Votan here real quick. So there's two parts in the newsy news about leagues of Votan. First one, which they are the new space dwarf slash squat faction for Warhammer Forty Thousand. The uh, pre-order was up on September 17th. That's when you could start pre-ordering them. And then as of the news that, or the details we've heard, as of like September 21st, which is not even when they were released yet, they were all sold out. They were, like you couldn't find them anywhere. Um, that's not to say you couldn't randomly walk into your friendly local game store and then have a box of that, that box, the special box or whatever it's called, on the shelves. But that would be just because not all their... Um, were pre-ordered and they decided to order the full amount that they could order. So they're like really hard to find already getting scalped and prices jacked up through the roof on, uh, on the eBay's. So that's a bit 
a bummer. But in also in relation to leagues of Votan, we got uh, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a beep beep beep. Here's why you're no, wrong. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> the, the sound effects are listed at the bottom of the thing. I, I that's really hard to read from where I'm at. Like what, Scott, what, what are you looking for? I'm looking for John. You're hilarious. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, recent article on spikybits.com. And if there's any if there's any news site that I know I'm not getting fake news from and it's absolutely legit, it would be on Spiky Bits. <laughs> Survey shows that was a lie. This guy, um, <laughs> this guy dude. Um, so Leagues of Votan are already being banned by tournament organizers organizers for Warhammer 40k tournaments. They are already being banned. They are not allowed to be played in tournaments. I perused the article, and it seems to be all based around a video made by another smaller content creator, which was like about 10 to 12 minutes long that I did not watch um, the the fullness of, but yeah, so James said he couldn't corroborate the source. I'm assuming he watched the video as well. So, you know, text with a grain of salt. Is this a thing? There's a couple of tweets out there across uh, some I saw in Canada and some I saw in Germany mm. of saying that these tournaments they're not allowing them now. Typically, like there is a um, there's a window from when a, a book is released until they're allowed to be used in tournaments. Yeah, this is totally normal for all kinds of things. Yes, but the things that I was reading and and seeing like people's actual accounts for and again I don't know how much of this is true or not is that they're just ridiculously broken like they're beyond broken and one of the things said that people have been testing them for 6 weeks since they had the book themselves which I can tell you that those dates are not inaccurate about how long somebody could have had the book to test it for and that it's just completely imbalanced now Again, this is not, we don't have enough actual evidence to really find out how much of this is true. And this will come out as the weeks and months go on. But if this, like, there's any shred of truth to this, like, playtest your fucking game. This, this is good. This is good for the game, I think. Yes. I think there needs to be a pushback. Be like, the stuff you release is shit, and it's it's <laughs> shitty for your own game. No, like, no. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you on this hard. But like, so give, give your point though. My, no, my, know that I'm coming for you. Okay, you you ready? How about you pay people, you employ people whose job it is to be an expert at your games and run the shit out of it, so they know when this product drops that it is set at a level of balance that you intended it for. To run and and make the meta not all fucked up, it will certainly have an impact. It should. That's what keeps games fun. But it isn't so far throwing a cannonball over that knocks over all the boats that are already in the in the water. I agree with that. I think that's a great that, idea. That, that's just what I'm saying. They don't do the work. I know how they do playtesting, and it is a fucking joke. I I, I don't fully know. Um, okay, so no matter how good your, your playtesters are, they're not going to catch everything. You know, they're not they're not going to catch everything. So but they should they could should cast a wide enough net that you don't catch a blue whale while you're going for shrimps. Absolutely. And this is a blue whale caught in the net. Now, I'm, I'm maybe already exaggerating. It is. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it's it not. Is. Maybe it's not. So here's what I'm saying. Any new faction that comes out should have a six month period where it is not allowed at tournaments. 
people will find problems that your your testers did not find just because you have a wider uh, range of brains thinking about how to break a game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they find it, make your adjustments and then have a, okay, now that we've, we're past this period of you know uh, tournament play, now they can be played in this new circuit. Every yeah. faction should have that testing period. You should have your play testing, you should have the, the wider audience testing, and then you should put them in the game. Yeah. I mean, typically for big tournaments, for Age of Sigmar and 40K, I believe, and I'm sorry if I'm not 100% right on this, that the major tournaments, they're not allowed until they've had their one-month FAQ. And so in that FAQ, there you go. they often tweak things. They don't, they don't rewrite. They don't change numbers for stuff that is innately oh. fucked, though. Okay. Like, if the, the system in which this group operates, like... Disciples of Zinch getting their fate dice where they can re-roll a dice all the time that they want. Like that's a core mechanic of how that army works. And so for well over a year in Age of Sigmar, it was their the game was unplayable because that faction was just stomped everyone's face so hard it wasn't even funny. Mm. So like they don't rewrite that. However, in the one month thing, they do tweak things. They do try to try to bring it towards the fat middle, as Vince V would say, which is awesome. That said, you're also relying on them to do that within one month, which they almost never hold themselves to, but that's what they call it. So, you know, your your tournament could be three months after release and it might not be out yet. So it's like puts tournament organizers in shitty spots. But you know, if you're game I mean, they're a model company, I guess. <laughs> that's, the, that's the last takeaway to end the whole <laughs> thought with. I mean, really? <laughs> just a mock company. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All right. Next up in the news and news is um, Creature Caster releasing this cool new model called the Maltique. Maltique, the Oromancer, made in collaboration with Michelle. Michelle, who I've definitely seen at Depticon at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50% of the proceeds go towards the. Uh, British Columbia Cancer Foundation, uh, because the, that that person Michelle is battling cancer at the moment. Um, I wanted to, I, I had an inkling that was the case. I just wanted to read it before I said that out loud. Um, but yeah, that's again, this is like harder in Steam back denoting like uh, devoting a portion of their profits to people in Ukraine. This is the same thing. I love it when companies of repute like take a portion of their uh, profits and 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 do something very meaningful with it. So that's that's really cool on them. Good on them. I didn't even realize this, uh, Malev. You need to uh, hook a bottle up a little bit more, a little bit of foresight. I, that I didn't know that Relic Blade was going to do another Kickstarter. I didn't know either. And it's live right now. It's doing great. By the time this episode goes published, so by the time you are hearing and seeing this, it should be completed. Rip. But you can, you should be able to still go to the Relic Blade Kickstarter and do late pledges. So I really really like this they're doing a cooperative slash slow solo adventure campaign for their game and they're releasing new models new factions that can be used for their regular Monsters. adversarial game yeah yeah so but you can also play through it in a co-op version and it's been well over a year of testing this version of the game nice. i love the cooperative um style uh fantasy games and i really like the rule set for Relic Blade, so this Fun. feels kind of up my alley. Nice. So this seems really, really cool to me. Um, next thing I want to talk about is other miniatures. Hold on, before I think we should end on that. Okay, we'll end okay. on that. You, in the, you in go. the world of Kickstarters, we also saw the the Dune game made from Cool Money or Not, grossing three hundred seventy five k, uh, a little bit lower uh, than what I've seen them do before. I don't know how it totally fits into all of their 
numbers and stuff like that. And we also uh, got a little bit of sniff, <laughs> a little bit of uh, a secret that uh, Steamforge is doing an Elden Ring board game. Oh, yeah. This is These are both, uh, this and the thing that John's going to talk about are all mini Kickstarter campaigns that are leaning into a popular IP, which yep. kind of always just leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Even if the thing is good, I kind of just assume they're just taking advantage of an IP for the sake of sales and are kind of like half-baking a game. Maybe they're not, because Simon has made several really good games. Um, Steamforged has made Guild Ball. That's it. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so, I, you know, that's my thought. But okay, John, you got a big you got a big one. I got a, I got a chip on my shoulder here. You really do, because, yeah. I, because I hate this so fucking much. And this is all opinion-based in the Newsy News section. So I'm going to take a break for a bit, goody peepees. Yeah, you, you check out mentally. Okay, so the the Kickstarter that broke the record for all Kickstarters ever happened not too long ago. And it was for fucking books, bro. Like books. Like reading books. Like bookie books. Reading rainbow. <laughs> and it was from... Brandon Sanderson, who is a very popular, in, in my opinion, an amazing fantasy author. And so it was, the guy can write like a madman. He The amount of books he produces that he writes is like he does more in two years than George R. R. Martin will do for the, his life and his son's life and his grandchildren's lives. <laughs> he actually writes, is what I'm saying. Um, so Man can write. Yeah, Brandon Sanderson of, of a lot of fame. Um, his... So that made a bazillion, bazillion dollars. Not included in the Kickstarter was miniatures because it was for books and all these other fun tchotchke things around actual cool books. The series that he has done that he's most known for and that is, in my opinion, his best series in his ongoing series is that of the Stormlit Archive. Stormlight Archive, I'm sorry. Stormlight Archive, which is, I'm, I brought this book today, this is the book one in the series, to the talking chair Evan. Um so if you ever watch uh, Scott's uh, streams on Twitch, you'll you'll know who the talking chair Evan is. He's the he's my producer. He's the producer, he's and you hear his voice. He's a chair. Yes, and uh, he wanted to to borrow this book. So it's fucking phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. Huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, this is book one. This is book one. How do you ever finish this? It's so good. It, like you just get into it, and the characters are so memorable. They're so interesting. So where I'm going with this is, they just recently announced a Kickstarter for miniatures for the Stormlight Archive. Okay, all the main characters, all the like. There's a couple even interesting monsters. They have just an amazing world, very descriptive. You know what these characters look like in your head. That Kickstarter, last I checked, had already surpassed $1.1 million, and they are the shittiest fucking models possible. There's This is a cash grab where they just they, they phoned in the entire art direction. They look like garbage. They're terribly designed. Like a, a 12-year-old with ZBrush for the first week put them into production. They look fucking garbage. I hate this. I hate it because I want these models. I want them to be cool. I want them to look like the characters that I love. I want them to look like actual effort was put in. No effort was put in. This is shit. Okay. If you like them, I'm happy for you. I want you to have a cool thing that you like. Apparently a lot of people fucking like them. They made a million goddamn dollars already. What bothers me is that someone who really likes cool models, I really want these to be cool. There is no uniqueness to them. They're, the shard plate is a part of this, this 
universe that is so intricately designed is so amazing how it's described all the words are there on the pages for you they look like shit they look like generic dude in full plate armor the way they describe the shard weapons there's pages of description over the course of this series they've done the work for you brandon has done this and it looks like garbage and generic big stupid flat blade there's nothing about it the scale is fucking wrong. They're eight feet long, these shard blades. Look at the goddamn models. It's like they never even reference anything. It is all phoned in. I fucking hate it. It's a piece of shit. You you guys are like, you're doing a disservice to this amazing, amazing fantasy franchise. Brandon is not even dead. But if he was dead, he'd roll over in his grave. These models might actually kill him just so he can roll over in his grave. That's my thanks for coming to my TED talk. I was I was very concerned with how much you were going to hate on these, but I uh, I definitely understand. Like it's kind of like you get one shot at this because like I don't know if another person's going to make Stormlight Archive models, right? And this is that one shot. Yeah. And if if you're like someone like John, who is a fan of the series and a fan of even more books that, that Brandon has done, like you're gonna and you have like all these uh, visions in your head and they don't meet those visions, like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be annoying because like okay, that's my one shot. Now they're not what I want. Like okay, and I'm just screwed. So I get that. It, to, it to me and tell me if your perception as someone who maybe doesn't know the characters or, or whatever. I don't know. Hundred um, yeah, percent don't know. Does it feel like love and time and and renditions were put through to create these models? They just feel so rushed to me. They feel so half-assed. They feel they feel so soft detailed. They 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 weren't done by someone that knows how to craft miniatures. It, it's ugh. you know the the fact that a lot of them are colored how they're supposed to be actually is really affecting my ability to yeah to see the sculpt for what it is yeah so there are some that are just fully gray and yeah they're largely uncompelling but that's kind of what i think of a lot of models yeah there's one that i like it's the shard plate kaladin i like his pose i like mm -hmm. um his big old spear like i like his armor i think it's cool but like if it's not meeting what you expected for the lore then i i get why you wouldn't like it it, it, it this guy I, I think he's cool i like his pose like his armor? Yeah. No, that that's probably that's I mean, in my opinion, that's the best one. That's not at all what Kaladin looks like in our shard plate, but whatever. Um <laughs> they, they did it like they did it like he's sl a slightly thinner plate, but it, they just the first time that it happens, it describes it beautifully. It, that's not at all what it looks like. So it bothers me. That like it just feels lazy. Like yeah. they didn't reference the source material from a beautifully written book that the the people that are going to be your main audience will, will should resonate with what the words have described and painted the pictures in their head. Yeah. And it's not going to look exactly the same because how we envision things in our heads are, are all different, but I don't know. I get it. Yeah. But I, you're right. That is just looking that as a cool model. That's a cool model. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't fight that. I, and again, like I, I'm not. This is the news segment where it's just John shitting on something that, in his opinion, isn't good. So I take it back. But 
some of it, but I mean, you don't have to I take it back. Like it, this is your opinion, you know. Like, I don't want people to feel bad if they like it or they backed it. That's all I'm saying. Like right. I'm, I don't think you're dumb. Don't cancel your pledge. Yeah, don't that's, cancel your pledge. It's just his opinion. I I just I'm really bummed because I really wanted to be a cool thing. And when I heard about it and I clicked on it, I'm like my gut dropped. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, we got one more thing, Scott. Don't you have one more? I want to get out of here with this fucking news stuff because make me, dude. Let me make you. Let me make you at mad one more time. Okay. You said one point one million. Yeah, I don't even want to know what it's at because that was like a week ago. That's when I, I, saw I, it. I, I. I want to tell you, but if you don't want to hear, I won't tell you. I'm sure it's over two. It's over two. Fuck. Two. Two point three. Welcome to the end of the podcast. This is the part of the podcast where we shill for crapples to crapples, where you can find that and the Kickstarter for Snakes on Snakes, the miniature game. Three easy payments of nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling. Call now to the collect number at the bottom of the screen. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> for real though, if you want to support the podcast, there are a number of ways to do it, both free and non-free. The free ways are watching our videos with uh, with ads. You can do that by whitelisting our channels with various browser add-ons, telling nerd friends about our podcast, sharing the hobby love. Uh, some ways to spend your dollars are buying our merch at our Teespring store, linked down in the description, or supporting us on Patreon which you get access to an extended episode of the podcast where we talk about our favorite models from other painters, new techniques we've tried, and also models that you've painted that we give CC to. That good old CC, you know? Mm, I love that CC. Um, So as a patron, you can submit models for feedback. You can also submit ideas for topics for us to explore in videos as well. Um, Other than that, you can send us candy. (laughs) Legitimate people do that, and we love it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. So we appreciate all you goody peepees. Honestly, we're we're closing in on the end of season three. Here. We are. We are. And I, I think I say this at the end of every season. But I'm like, how is this still a thing? Like, how is us having the weird, dumbass conversations we always have? Like still a thing that people want to listen to. I think y'all need medical help. Um, but so do we. So we can go through this therapeutic process together and we can get better at miniature painting or just sit down and make the commute to work a little bit better together. So yeah. thank you all for making this thing a reality and uh, making us feel like, yeah, you know, some of the weird shit we talk about, we're not the only ones in the world. So if you think that way and you feel that way too, know that you're not alone. You also think Crapples to Crapples is the best board game that could ever exist. <laughs> We're going to see you back again here real soon. And until then, we're going to catch you on the Liberty Floor.